This week's episode of The Discourse is brought to you by A Black Lady Sketch Show. For your consideration, the Emmy Award-winning HBO original comedy series that Paste Magazine raves is refreshing, sharp, and funny. Starring Robin Theed, who the New York Times praises, is as dynamic as ever. The narrative sketch comedy series features a core cast of black women living relatable, hilarious experiences in a magical reality that subverts traditional expectations. A Black Lady Sketch Show is now streaming on HBO Max. episode of The Discourse, the short-form one-on-one interview show with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, which is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike D'Angelo. On this episode, I got to sit down with actor and creator of actors, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, who is basically in everything, but you may know him as Eric Selvig in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Baron Harkonnen in this year's Amazing Dune, or even Bootstrap Bill from the Pirates of the Caribbean films, or like I said, everything else. Currently, Stellan is out promoting a small indie darling that he did called Last Words, uh, which is about the last community at the end of the world, which is roughly in 2085 or so. That hits theaters on Friday, December 17th. During our chat, we got to sit down and talk about the experience of filming Last Words outdoors in Italy on the coast, uh, going back for Dune Part 2, which is upcoming, and possibly returning to the MCU, and much more. So, as always, the Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast and Yellowstoners, which I'm also a part of. Also, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. It can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Follow us on iTunes and you'll get this podcast as well as our other shows regularly. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we do very much appreciate it. Okay, enjoy the discourse with the wonderful Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to talk about Last Words with me. I'm really excited to discuss it. Cool. So this film, it's it's very ambitious in the subjects and the themes that it tackles. Mm -hmm. So when your friend, uh, director Jonathan Nosseter, who you've worked with before, I assume he just kind of pitches this to you. How did he do that? And how quickly were you like, oh, yeah, I got to do this? Well, it took some time because, of course, it's the kind of film that takes forever to finance. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so uh, he, he kept sending scripts and rewrites to me. And we, we talked about it and uh, uh, and it went on. And then but, but I wanted to work with him again. I mean, it's 20, 20, some 25 years maybe ago we, we last worked together. Uh, but we stayed in touch and we're good friends. So I wanted to work with him and, the, and then the script was interesting. And also I got to work with Charlotte Rampling again that I've done maybe five films with. And it's always fun to hang with her. And, uh, and Nick Nolte, who I had worked with, uh, who's a force of nature that was exciting to be around. Yeah, you can see that right on the screen for sure. Yeah. Uh, the chemistry between you guys is is pretty outstanding. Your character specifically, he's like a doctor. He's the de facto leader of this kind of last small village of humans that are on the Greek coast in like 2086, 2085, around there. And the entirety of the scenes mostly just take place outside and what looks like it was actually Greece. I'm not sure if that's the case. How was that filming experience? Because it looks kind of like this wonderful little utopic summer camp. Well, I mean, we, we actually shot it in, in Italy, 
What do you know? Uh, down on the Amalfi Coast, but it's a Greek temple. Yeah. Uh, Pestum uh, is the ruins of a Greek temple in Pestum in in um, in Italy, and it, it is a stunning place, of course. But uh, uh, it was cold and raining. We shot in November, so we were all freezing. But uh, but uh, but just being in that environment is of course uh, quite exciting, and 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 the generosity of of the authorities that let us in there. I mean, you should be really careful when you let a film team in. Uh, but <laughs> but we, we were allowed to be there. The movie itself, I mean, like, like I said before, it deals with like light sides and dark sides of human nature. It's about legacy and what it would be like to kind of confront the fact that you're living only to die. I think your character says something like that and pass nothing on. It's it's simple, but it's a lot to wrap your head around. So how much time do you spend unpacking this stuff, either with director Jonathan Nasser or yourself? How much do you really like try to get in that mindset? Very little. I mean, um, as an actor, I'm, uh, I don't do much intellectual work as an actor. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep that separate. Uh, so, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more about finding finding what benefits the scene, what benefits the film, and what, what is the tone, and what relations do we need, uh, more than, than having a philosophical discussion about what it's about, really. And, and, it, and it's also like, when you work with uh, auteur directors, you know, it's, uh, it has to be their film, it's their brain, and I'm not gonna ask them to explain what they want to say because they they spend an entire film to try to explain what they say, you know. <laughs> so, and, and Jonathan himself, he's like he's a jack of all trades a bit. He's he's a sommelier. He's this kind of agriculturist. He's all kinds of things. I I have to assume there might have been a, a fair amount of of wine and and different kind of things, you know. Uh, does he make like wine recommendations based on the films or, or just go for it? Or do you guys just go hog wild at this point? Well, the, the first film I did with him, Signs and Wonders, many years ago, uh, I've never had so much fantastic wine on a film set ever or an after shooting. Uh, right, right. Uh, I mean, he's a great sommelier and he's very much into natural wines now because he's also into the sort of more ecological uh, methods of growing things. He's got his own farm in Italy now, mm-hmm. uh, but but there was always for each for every lunch there was some fantastic wines that you could taste, and then no, it wasn't sort of we weren't drinking much. You had a glass or a half a glass or something, but it was always fantastic. And then in the evenings you had more of the same wines, so we ate and drank very very well. So in that case, in that sense, it was a really a huge big budget film. Better than any <laughs> budget film I've ever been on. But then at the same time, we didn't have any trainers. It was cold. It was rainy. So it was a mixture of a guerrilla filmmaking and, uh, and, and absolute luxury when it came to, to food and wine. The, the guerrilla filmmaking of it all really does convey on the screen. It like there's a, an energy to it, a, a rawness to it. But I do have to mention, since you are in one of my fav- favorite projects, but this year specifically, Dune was one of my, you know, absolute favorites uh, to experience in a theater pretty much in probably five years, at least, to to kind of experience that in IMAX. You play Baron Harkonnen in it. You have an extensive amount of prosthetics and makeup 
which I heard you kind of enjoyed in some way, or maybe Denise just trying to put that out in the ether and just really sabotage you. But (laughs) what is it about the prosthetics that as an actor, like how much does it help you in, in embodying the character? It's working with prosthetics and a lot of makeup. I mean, I've done it before, like in, like in Pirates of the Caribbean and mm-hmm. other films. It, it's, I think it's thrilling. I mean, I come from the theater. I love putting on wigs and noses and everything and become somebody else. But it, but it, it, it creates, I mean, to fill that, all that prosthetics so it doesn't look like, oh, there's a little scar scan in the, all that rubber. Uh, uh, but, but it becomes a part of you. And that, that is the, sort of the, the thing that is acting for you. Uh, I mean, the role, he doesn't say much, he doesn't do much. But, it, but it, the, the, the idea and what I enjoyed doing was sort of trying to, together with the prosthetic guys, create this, this monster that would be rememberable. So, so he would cast a shadow over the rest of the movie. Um, and that is great fun. Carrying around 40 kilos of prosthetics a day? Nah, <laughs> uh, that is not fun. Spending eight hours in makeup is not fun. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, so I hope, uh, I hope my role is not too big and <laughs> far too. Do you know when that starts filming at all? In July, I'm told. But, July. Uh, Nice. Very excited to see uh, the rest of that. And as much as you hate the process, I'd love to see more of you. Um, So (laughs) I thought it was quite a lot of me already in the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, not not that way, but yeah, more, more of the character. Um, And and you're also uh, popping into another well-known sci-fi universe. You're going to be on the star Wars show and, or have you always been a big fan of the star Wars universe? And can you at all tease anything about who you play? I've, I've seen all the Star Wars films because I've I've had small children in five decades. Yeah, uh, I've always had small children, so my, my 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 family in that sense is older than Star Wars. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's uh, it's like it's the kind of films I would have adored when I was ten, but that didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I, I I think that it's a lovely universe created there. And it's, I mean, it's, it's based on to some, some extent, it's based on Frank Herbert's books. Very much so. As yeah. well. I mean, uh, so it's exciting. But but this was especially exciting to to because uh, one of my favorite Star Wars films was was Rogue One and and uh, and uh, written by Tony Gilroy. And Tony Gilroy is is the showrunner of this and writer of this uh, series. And I also got to work with with um, with Diego Luna again, who is an old friend. Um, so that was very nice. My character is uh, very mysterious, and uh, he has uh, he he shows up in different shapes. That's all I can say. Interesting. Okay, Stellan Skarsgård playing a mysterious character. Okay, check. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's also been a while since we've seen Eric Selvig in the MCU. I'm a huge fan of those movies. It, it kind of seems like they're bringing everybody back at different points. Natalie Portman's coming back. Kat Dennings came back this year. Uh, do you have any interest in returning to that universe or do you feel like you've gotten everything out of Eric at this point? I don't know. It depends on the script. I mean, yeah. uh, but, but I haven't heard from Kevin Feige has, hasn't called in years. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter. I must have offended him. <laughs> I sure hope not, because I love Derek Selvig. Uh, and also, like like I said, I'm, I'm someone who loves movies uh, uh, that are as big as Marvel or something like Last Words or Melancholia that you did. 
you've done some recent interviews where you kind of discuss the collapse of the the middle of of everything, the mid-budget film in the theatrical space due to these kind of big corporations just chasing their 10% return. Do you feel it's important for companies, even like Disney, that are amazingly successful with these franchises to contribute to keeping those kind of movies alive and in the theaters? Or do you just kind of like, are you resigned to let it be streaming or TV at this point? I'm not. Re- I've never resigned. Uh, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> but it's but it's not Disney's job to keep yeah. those alive. Yeah. Uh, the, the the problem is that we have. I mean, we have a financial system which is concentrating financial power to fewer and fewer people, and and it, and and it means sort of that the diversity of any art form is threatened. Uh, and not only art forms, shops even. I mean, if you go into a mall in Stockholm, it's pretty much the same shops as it is in a mall in in uh, Albuquerque. All the all the sort of the, the nuances of expression, whether it's commercial expression or 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 artistic expression, are sort of being reduced. You can say that, of course, thanks to to the internet, we we can express ourselves uh, much cheaper and easier to a bigger audience. Just by looking into a computer like this, but 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 the the thing is, we don't have the resources to uh, to 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 get it out there. I mean, a, a Marvel film has a P and A budget of two hundred million, maybe, uh, and 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 that is unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 since the distribution system and all the small cinemas, they are disappearing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you get it out there? And I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but but I think it's a bigger, bigger problem than saying that. Oh, Disney, you should do some mid Pick up the tab. budget films and lose some money for us. <laughs> that is that is certainly fair. And there, you know, the streamers are doing a, a decent amount to kind of revive that at, at the very least. It's just you don't see them in the in the theaters with a, a crowd anymore. I would have loved to see Last Words with you know a bunch of strangers and just kind of feel the the room afterwards. I, I totally agree with you, but it's also, I mean, in a way, for storytelling, cinematic storytelling, uh, for for the small screen, it's it's a heyday. I mean, because those big corporations now that are trying to monopolize uh, streaming, they are just throwing money out and they're buying everything to make sure that they get more and more subscribers. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the sort of uh, the big big companies will take over that too. And, and there will be less competition and they will start to narrow down uh, uh, and make sure that they don't spend any money that doesn't give <laughs> money back immediately. Well, you're leaving me feeling a, a bit like last words did, a bit, a bit melancholic. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's melancholic, but, but I, th- I mean, we don't know what's around the corner. That's true. And, that's true. And, and, and we can, and we, I mean, people are still doing, doing things that are interesting and dangerous and, and and uh, obscure or or uh, controversial it's, it's still happening it's very hard to silence humanity amen uh well i i want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me this has uh, been a, a real joy of a conversation for me uh anybody listening uh last words is in theaters in the u.s on december 17th stellan can't wait to see what you do next well i know what you're doing thank next, you so but much. i can't wait to see it <laughs> all right thanks, thanks. Mike. take care man you too bye-bye 